David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin Ant, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Good morning, dudes and dudettes. It is November the 19th, 2018, at about 10 a.m. in the morning, Central Standard Time, and this is episode 37 of Bitcoin And, and I guess uh, <laughs> I guess I don't really need to go rehash what's going on with the price, considering that we've got some, uh, some pretty severe down pressure going on. Um, we all see it. We all know it. Uh, <laughs> probably a lot of us expected it. In either event, there's no reason to rehash it. So what I'm going to do is kind of get into the morning roundup uh, right off the bat here. Let's see. Uh, some of you may not know that the Lightning Network, and for those of you who don't know what Lightning Network is, it is the first second layer implementation on top of the Bitcoin settlement layer. So if you think of Bitcoin itself as uh, being able to make transactions like I, I send you Bitcoin, that's a transaction and uh, we settle it uh, on the actual chain itself, which is called an on-chain transaction. The Lightning Network is the first implementation of the second layer. So <clears throat> what happens here is that payment channels can be opened um, and that actually is a Bitcoin on-chain transaction and a Lightning uh, payment channel can be closed and that is an on-chain transaction. Uh, while the channel is open, however, I am if I have a Lightning node and I have an open channel um, to oh, I, some, some vendor somewhere and I have that channel funded with, say, I don't know, one-tenth of a Bitcoin, about like, let's say about f today's price, about f 510 bucks. Um, <clears throat> then, and actually, I don't, I'm not really sure if you can go up that high yet because Lightning Network still is in beta. Um, but you would be able, if you had a Lightning node and you had an open channel to me, but you didn't have an open channel to the vendor that I have an open channel to, then you can route your payment to that vendor through me. And the more open channels and the more lightning nodes and the more Bitcoin that those open channels are funded with uh, means a more robust ability for people who don't directly have channels open with that who with which they would like to transact with uh, may transact. And then um, the channel itself um, at one point or another, um, you can just be done with the channel. Let's say that you've got an open channel to your website and people are sending you little tiny itty bitty dust payments of, of Bitcoin and you collect up, let's say, oh, I don't know, like a, a thousand bucks worth of Bitcoin over the course of a month. 
And then at that point, you can say, you know what, it's totally worth it for me to close this channel down, extract the Bitcoin into my uh, actual wallet. So you close the channel and that ends up being a Bitcoin transaction on chain. But all the time, and, and you'll pay fees on that, and all, but all the time that you've had your cha lightning channel open, you've been able to collect these little tiny micropayments until it got to the point where you had enough that paying, oh, I don't know, I can't, I don't know what the, what the uh, on-chain transaction fee this morning is, but it's still probably pretty, uh, uh, pretty cheap. So like you can make that on-chain transaction and get all that dust into your wallet in um, a single transaction that would cost you like 30 cents or let, let's say three cents or something like that. Whereas if you had to do all those transactions on chain, let's say there was a hundred different transactions and you were paying three cents for every single one of them. Well, financially that doesn't kind of make, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So if you abstract the transactions from the Bitcoin, uh, from the Bitcoin blockchain to one level up, and then you do a whole bunch of transactions. And then after a while, you finally say, you know what? I want to extract all that. And so you drop it down into the, into the Bitcoin blockchain with an on-chain transaction. You get the, all that stuff into your uh, cold wallet or, or hot wallet. I don't recommend hot wallets. I, I do recommend cold storage. Um, then you can do that for a single transaction. So that's sort of the Lightning Network in a nutshell. And man, that's a small nutshell. There's a lot to Lightning Network. Uh, but... When I was talking about how robust the network is, kind of depends on how much Bitcoin is funded in uh, a number of open uh, payment channels on the Lightning Network. What we found out yesterday was that the uh, the Lightning Network is has fifteen thousand one hundred and eighty eight open channels, representing three hundred and forty three Bitcoin worth of value being able um, as, as the the liquidity base for the Lightning Network at this point. So you have 15,000 open channels. So if I get on and I open one channel to, to one other person, the chances of me being able to hit any vendor or anybody who's accepting a Lightning payment that I want is very high, which means that I could send a dollar to some like one of my favorite podcasters like uh cryptoconomy and and it would and uh, guy swan would be able to accept that and after he's got enough he would be able to say yeah it's time to close my channel it's been like a month or maybe it's only been two weeks and he's got enough that it makes sense to close that channel so he can close that channel extract the bitcoin and then open like use a tenth of what he got in uh, donations to the Crypto Economy podcast to open up another channel, which would be another on-chain transaction. But the, uh, the, the point is, is that at 15,000 channels with 350 Bitcoin of value on it, that actually kind of changed. Like, I think it's like the, uh, over, you know, like over the last week, the Lightning Network has been exploding. It's like doubled and then doubled again in value and channels over like a, a over like the last week. So this is really good news. It's it's excellent news, and it's news that we want to hear about, considering that we're in an extended. We're probably going to end up in an extended bear market. Um, you know, it's it it wouldn't surprise me. Um, at twenty twenty was it 2013 or 2014 all the way through 20 most of 2015 
was uh, a bear market and lots of people lost their ass. Um, it's probably going to happen again, especially with the hash wars that are going on because uh, Jihan Wu and um, Roger Ver and Craig Wright and uh, Calvin Ayer are all funding mining operations at a horrific loss. I mean, horrific losses of capital. And they're getting their liquid to be able to pay their electricity bills and keep themselves afloat while they battle it out by selling Bitcoin. And that's one of the downward pressures that we're seeing, although I, I don't think it's the only one. I, I think that Bcash has also caused collateral damage, not just in the fact that uh, Bitcoin, they have to sell Bitcoin to keep afloat. Um, it's making news, you know, and the people that just don't understand how this stuff works think that Bcash is somehow or another is part of Bitcoin and it's not. It has nothing to do with Bitcoin, uh, certainly not anymore. But from a social attack standpoint, um, the clown, the clown show has done some fairly fairly significant damage but uh <clears throat> but still it's good that lightning network is seeing this kind of seeing these kind of metrics i i think it's really exciting so next up in the stack is a tweet by one of my favorite people i'm not going to read this and i'm also not going to say the name because what i want to talk about is the fact that as of this morning and it's been going on for a little while but as of this morning uh the the, the pressure is starting to hit people in, in crypto Twitter and the, the, you know, the general crypto space. Um, people are starting to really lose their shit. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. You know, the, the tweet that's sitting in front of me is part of a, of a ongoing Twitter battle between, you know, two of my two guys, one of which I, I one of which I, I, it's not that I don't like him. I just don't listen to him anymore because he's just, ah, every time, every time he opens his mouth, it's just, it's, it's just these weird arguments. But the other guy that's in this battle, uh, this not even an argument. This is just a, a this is just a, a flat out fight between people that kind of used to be friends. Um, at least not, you know, maybe not going out and hang, you know, hanging out and having beer with each other, but, um, certainly they would take part in each other's, uh, podcasts and they would have discussions and, and, but this is, you know, this was all back in the day. Well, as of this morning, um, it's not just this, this is just representative of things that I'm seeing all over the place and all I can advise, and, and I will give you my two cents of advice, lighten up guys. Seriously, this is losing friends and losing long long term acquaintances that you and that you have respect for, that are either mentors or mentees, um, you know people that you you know have learned stuff from, people that you've taught stuff to. Um, the, it's starting to fracture. Actually, it's been fracturing, but these ugh, we're getting to a point where these fractures will not be able to be repaired if we're not very very careful. Uh, price be damned, people. We we didn't come in. We didn't come in for the price. That's what most of us say. And if you actually believe that, then stop fighting with each other. It's not worth it. It's it the the amount of value that you would be able to extract st straight up from Bitcoin by itself, no matter what the price, 
versus what value you can extract from long-time associations with people who are in the space, because this industry is not going to go away. There are jobs all over the place that are going to be birthed out of this movement, and the best way to make sure that you're set up is to 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 engage in, fabricate, and keep hold of associations at, at on a network level where you know many, 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 many people, and you're loath loath to just eject them because everybody is on pins and needles with the bear with the bear market that's probably going to be an extended bear market. Um, that's just my like I said my two cents. Uh, next up in the stack is Switzerland's principal stock exchange, SIX, Swiss Exchange, to list the first global crypto-linked ETP with five major cryptocurrencies. So this is from Cointelegraph.com, uh, written by Helen Parts. And let's uh, read a little bit, <coughs> a little bit through it. <coughs> Backed by the Swiss startup. Uman AG, the first global multi-crypto ETP will be listed under index HODL. I love it. <laughs> uh, and will track five major cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ripple, Ethereum, Bcash, and Litecoin. I don't know how they're going to list Bcash because at this point, nobody really knows. What, this is me talking. Uh, nobody really knows what Bcash is. Um, several exchanges have just delisted the ticker symbol BCH altogether and put up things like BAB for Bitcoin ABC and uh, BSV for Bitcoin Cash uh, Satoshi's Vision or whatever it is. I mean, the two crap coins that that fell out of the hat that's falling out of the hash war, uh, Bitcoin Cash or Bcash, it, I, it, I, as far as I'm concerned, that thing's dead. And, and all you've got is the BAB uh, ticker symbol and the BSV ticker symbol. That's the only thing that matters. So going on, um, oh, and for your information, an ETP means exchange traded product. Okay. So anyway, according to the article, uh, each cryptocurrency will acquire a certain market share within the upcoming ETP with Bitcoin accounting for around half of the ETP's assets. The rest are set to be divided in fractions with 25.4% in now second cryptocurrency Ripple and 16.7% in Ethereum, while Bcash and Litecoin will acquire 52 and 3% of the market, respectively. Almond's co-founder and chief executive, Haney Rashwan, commented that the upcoming ETF is organized in a way to comply with the same strict policies that are required by traditional ETPs. According to Rashwan, this will provide a well-regulated tool for trading cryptocurrencies for both institutional and retail investors, <clears throat> investors that are limited in the field by crypto-unfriendly environments. So they're basically just going to make the user experience uh, or provide a tool that makes the user experience a little bit easier for people who really just don't have the time or inclination to learn uh, how to get a hold of Bitcoin or any of these other cryptocurrencies by themselves. And it's, you know, it's not easy. Uh, 
I don't know. It it depends. If you're fresh, if if you're fresh, like if you're a freshman come in and you know nothing about this stuff, but you just heard Bitcoin and probably need and that you probably need to get some, it's a little difficult. Okay, um, I recommend uh, Cash App from Square uh, to buy your first Bitcoin. Uh, it's really easy to use. Uh, it's got a great user experience. Um, it's I think it's probably the easiest on ramp that you can get. Short of that, you know, signing up for an exchange, uh, doing all, you know, running through all the stuff and trying to figure out what coin is not worth crap, which they all are except Bitcoin. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Even, even my beloved bag of Doge is, is garbage compared to, you know, Bitcoin. Um, Litecoin, eh, you know, I've got some. That's why I can't say that I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. But in the end, at the end of the day, I just don't see any value in anything but Bitcoin. So <clears throat> the uh, the Swiss uh, the Swiss exchange is setting it up to where, you know, in in you know large large players plus your regular retail guy on the street, you know, somebody's got a Scott Trade account or something like that wants to get into to Bitcoin in Switzerland. This is going to be one of the main tools. So that's that's good. Um, it's unfortunate. The timing is a little, let's say the timing is unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. So uh, last up in the stack is a tweet from Bittrex, which is another exchange. Uh, Note, Bitcoin SV, BSV, deposits and withdrawals are now open. Confirmations have been temporarily set to 20 for deposits. Cross-chain deposits to the BCH slash BSV chain will not be credited. Please use caution when sending BCH BSV as there is no replay protection. Man, God, what a what a sorry clown show. Okay, so what's going on? Um, Let's read a little bit in this into this article that was uh, linked to in that in that particular tweet. Uh, Bitcoin Cash BCH will be undergoing a network protocol upgrade on November 15th. Yeah, and we've already been there. 2018 at approximately 8.40 a.m. Pacific time uh, via the Bitcoin ABC full node implementation. Um, Bitcoin SV will be, you know, was a proposed fork of the Bitcoin Cash uh, scheduled to occur at the same time, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, you know, Bitcoin SV is considered <clears throat> a contentious hard fork, which may result in a chain split, and it did. There is also no replay protection present, so Bitrix must undertake extra measures to ensure that in the event of a chain split, user tokens are preserved on both chains. There may be delays in Bitcoin cash deposits and withdrawal for some time due to these extra measures. They've already said, you know, like Bitrix has already said that, and this is me talking now, uh, Bitrix has already said that they're going to wait for 20 confirmations. All right, so... That means 20 blocks, you know, like, uh, or not 20 blocks, but that's a lot of confirmation. Generally speaking, um, it's kind of been, you know, in Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin realm, you know, six confirmations and you're good. So they've, they've not only doubled that, they've, they've gone quite, quite far, (laughs) quite far over that um, to make sure that any of these, any of these uh, crap or the, 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 uh, 
BSV, the Bitcoin or Bcash SV is. They say this article has it as Bitcoin SV. I'm not. I'm, this is nothing to do with Bitcoin any longer. B, BCH, when it split off from Bitcoin, became its own thing. They tried desperately to rebrand it to the actual Bitcoin, but they never could. They spent millions of dollars and hundreds of hours of manpower to do so. And then when the BSB, uh, God, BAB, BSV chain split occurred on November 15th, it split Bcash into two. So now you're even further away from what Bitcoin is, the actual Bitcoin is, and then these two clown cars. Okay, so I'm not going to use Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin Cash BCH and Bitcoin SV. No, no, it has nothing to do with Bitcoin. It's BAB and BSV. So the um in in Bittrex is going to keep the bitcoin abc or or bch ticker will remain the bitcoin abc chain and you know i don't know if that's ever going to change or not there's other exchanges that have changed that uh, completely delisted bch and and are just referring to it as bab and bsv anyway the the fact that this chain happened without replay protection which is sort of like if i spend coins on one chain um, it's possible that those coins could also be uh, spent on the other chain automatically um, through no fault of my own so like if I go oh I want to sell all my BSV because it's garbage and I think B, you know Bcash uh, ABC or whatever they're going to call it um, is worth more well I might have accidentally sold all my coins on both chains because these idiots didn't put in replay protection so now that that spin that I made on BSV could be replayed on the uh, on the ABC chain, and it's all very very confusing, and I understand that, and it's confusing even to me. It's just the fact that it doesn't have replay protection is all you really need to know is that you can lose, you can spend coins accidentally on both chains, even though you only meant to spend the coins on one chain because you held. You know, Bitcoin Cash before the split. So you got, now you've got like BAB coins and BSV coins. And like I said, it's possible to, to spend BSV and accidentally, because of no replay protection, lose your, your other, the other coins on the other chain. And it's just, that's why just stay away from this stuff. It's just, what, what they've done, a, they've done a horrible, horrible disservice to the entire community and you know that the, they can't go they can't go away fast enough okay so enough for the morning roundup let's get into vital statistics all right vital statistics uh yes the price is down I guess we could probably end vitals right there, but we won't. Uh, Bitcoin is at 5,183 on average with a low, a Kraken of 5,118 and a high at BTC at 5,230. Uh, quarter million transactions have occurred over the last 24 hours. 800,000 Bitcoins have been sent over the last 24 hours. 
Uh, average uh, cent per hour is 33,000 BTC. Average transaction value is 3.12 BTC. And the median transaction value is 0.03 BTC, representing about $155 US. Block time is high, as we would expect. It's at 12 minutes. Um, only 120 blocks have been produced over the last 24 hours with an average per hour block manufacturer of 5.19 BTC have been taken in fees per block. 1,500 Bitcoin have been minted in the last 24 hours with 23.8 BTC taken in fees. Reason the block uh, time is at 12 minutes is because we've lost 13% hash rate in 24 hours, bringing us all the way down to 41.5 exahashes per second. Now, I can't... Oh, yes, I can. I'm sorry. Uh, across the board, we have Ethereum. Whoa, way sub 200, man. At $156. Bcash. And I don't... Again, I'm getting all this information from bitinfocharts.com. Uh, we'll have to see what it is they mean when they say uh, Bcash is $275. Uh, not sure if they're just looking at the... Uh, oh god the ABC chain which is the Roger Ver chain or if they're adding the SV and the uh, Roger Ver chain values together um, might have to email them and find out how they're looking at that All right, something that's not confusing is Litecoin at 37.66 Ethereum Classic is way down at $6.44 uh, Bitcoin Gold is at 26.27 and Dogecoin is at 0.0025, continuing its plunge down into Dogecoin Abyssal. Uh, although Dogecoin is at 28,000 transactions over the last 24 hours, uh, Bcash is at 4,500. Oh, God have mercy on my soul. Uh, Ethereum Classic is actually has forty three thousand transactions over the last twenty four hours. So that's kind of, that's that's really interesting. Uh, Get uh, Bitcoin's uh, GitHub last commit was yesterday, uh, November the eighteenth. Uh, looks like Bcash actually had a com GitHub commit on the fifteenth of this month. Uh, wow, interesting. Okay, so that's going to do it for the vital statistics. Okay, I came across a, a, a neat thread on uh, blockchain and gaming um, from a guy named uh, Mike Bithell, at M-I-K-E-B-I-T-H-E-L-L. And I want to uh, go through and I want to read this uh, to you guys because it's, it kind of is in keeping with the theme of Bitcoin and, um, you know, where, where we're looking at how Bitcoin's rubbing up against other industries. And like I've, I, you know, I've identified gaming as an industry that Bitcoin is probably going to not only rub up against, but <laughs> crawl into bed with. Um, so anyway, let's start Mike's, uh, Mike's tweet storm here. <clears throat> He says, um, he says, okay, unfortunately, someone set me off on crypto-based game objects. The idea that you can own a game object on blockchain, like your gun from Halo, why not own it on the blockchain? Take it anywhere. Use it in other games. Power to the people. Let's break down why that's silly. Problem one, copyright. That gun in Halo belongs to Microsoft. 
They sure as hell won't give me the mesh to have it in my game or use its name or mention Halo at all in my marketing. You owning a crypto key to it doesn't allow me to interface. Best case scenario, you can't use that gun in my game, but I can detect your gun and give you something else. If you have a BFG from Doom, I give you a generic rocket launcher. It's not exactly Ready Player One. But let's park that. Let's assume mega corporations forget copyright. Problem two, function. I need to program any object in my game. If you want a rocket launcher, I need to have written code for that function. Code isn't portable. Code isn't attached to your crypto object. And even if it were, we write games in entirely different engines. This is a big one. It also reveals that a lot of folks pitching this idea are either not worrying about it or haven't coded a video game. But sure, let's park this too. Let's assume all games move to one engine and are happy to share big chunks of game code bug-free. Yeah, right. Problem three, inflation. I can sell your car in Forza to own on the chain. Oh, I'm sorry. Inflation. I can sell you your car in Forza to own on the chain. Awesome. Okay. Now that you own it, what do I do to pay my staff? Easy. I make a new, slightly different car. Look to comic books and collectible toys on this one. Your BFG from Doom is going to be outdated soon. Sidebar. This plays to function and copyright issue too. Do I need to update my game every time Doom adds a new gun? Again, our art pipelines and code base are different. If this happens and the pool inflates, then how on earth do I keep up? But sure, let's assume Nintendo releases a Pikachu crypto object, you buy it, and they consider themselves done. They definitely don't then release a thousand other Pikachu into the ether because companies in this glowing future don't want repeat business. Problem four, you don't own the object. Crypto is useful for tracking ownership of valueless strings to the extent that they accrue value. This is why Bitcoin sort of works. Like all currency, everyone agrees it has value, so it does. The problem is... Sorry, just glanced over at the Bitcoin price. Um, <laughs> that's always a bad thing to do. Uh, this is why Bitcoin sort of works. Like all currency, everyone agrees it has value, so it does. The problem is that BFG you bought... It's a key. It's the equivalent of going to a store and getting a redeemable gift card, then locking it in the greatest safe ever devised. You own that code. Nobody can ever get to it, except you only own a code. The game server can shut down. They can discontinue it. You own a coupon. Your BFG exists as long as that store continues to accept the coupon. That's not the same thing. But let's also park that. Maybe all game servers will stay on for all time. Problem five, it's bad for game companies. Right now, it's relatively easy for me to set up a microtransaction and sell you a thing in my game. You can't resell it. You can't trade it. You can't use it on any other game. This is all in my favor. Why would I give that up? Also, by allowing you to use a gun you bought elsewhere, I don't get to sell you a gun in my game. This is like a cinema being cool with you bringing takeaway instead of hitting the concession stand. The counter, the counter here is it benefits everyone. 
Sure, and Trickle Down exists. <laughs> That's not a very Mike Bithell argument, but you have to assume a degree of self-interest will fuel decision makers. Even if no other problem existed, the above reason alone would likely curb adoption. There is one reason and one reason alone to use crypto in your game. Investors. It's a word they know and like. They've read a headline that Bitcoin made some kid on Silk Road a billionaire a few years back. It doesn't serve and is being missold to players and developers. So that's the end of that uh, of that tweet storm from Mike Bithell. Um, that's a yeah, that's that's a really good argument. And it's that argument holds true for now. And it's not that I even disagree with Mike. Um, it's just that under the current conditions that we find ourselves in, as far as the way that video games are done, like he said, multiple engines, um, different code bases, you know, um, the fact that objects really, you know, I mean, when you, you know, when you get a gun in any video game, what you're looking at is the mesh and the texture and color, you know, colors that are put on that gun to make it look a certain way. If you shoot that gun and let's say there's a recoil action, um, like on the gun and, and like an animation plays that shows a shell being spat out because you've, you've shot like, let's say a shotgun or something like that. Um, that animation is driven, is driven by code. It, there's a, uh, an, an event has to trigger that in animation and that event is detected by, by the code. So it's like the, the code is constantly saying, has he fired the gun? Has he fired the gun? Has he fired the gun? And if the answer keeps on coming back, no, then the event never happens. So therefore the recoil uh, animation will never play. However, the second that the game detects that you've pulled the trigger, then the recoil animation is going to play. But all that is governed by code. If I just, like Mike says, if I just get the, the mesh, well, it's not coming along with the code. And even and like you said, even if it did come along with the code, is it going to work in a different engine? No, probably not. And it very well may be that the colors or, or the textures um, won't map uh, to the gun like it did in the original game. Like if you take a, a, a gun that looks like it's got a wood stock and, you know, and it's like this guy has this kind of sheen to it and it bounces light in a particular way that the artist in that one game engine, you know, worked on the shaders and whatnot to be able to make that gun look the way that it looked in that game. And you port that thing and all of its textures and shaders and whatnot into another game. Chances are very good that it's what looked good in that one game is going to look like garbage in another. So there's, there's a long way to go for actually being able to have uh, Bitcoin in, in gaming other than, you know, straight up, straight up economy, because I, I don't necessarily agree that it's always going to be the case that the uh, game developers won't use Bitcoin inside their game you know, for their own economy because they're, you know, always greedy bastards. Like there's an argument says, that says that, that that'll never happen. Like in, in Fortnite, the developers are, uh, will sell you in-game cash so that you can buy skins and whatnot like that. Why in the hell would they, you know, transact with Bitcoin in their game? And that's a good question. 
that actually ends up being a very good question. And the answer ends up being whenever somebody figures out how to break that game and inflate the money supply on their own, that might be when, you know, when, when that happens. Although I will say, you know, caveat to that is that I have not heard of anybody being able to like, like a, uh, inflate money like a player being able to find a bug and exploit their living daylights out of it to the point that um, a game you know made headlines because its economy was destroyed like you you'd if somebody did that to Fortnite, oh my god you'd hear about it the next day if not like an hour after like the bug was bug was found so anyway that so that is going to do that's going to end the uh, mike's tweet on bitcoin and gaming um, again, go uh, check out Mike. He's a pretty cool dude, man. Uh, M-I-K-E-B-I-T-H-E-L-L. And let's move on to the Daily Train Wreck. Today's Daily Train Wreck is brought to you by Rage Quitting. <laughs> Mr. Panini at crypto panini and i'm before i read this tweet it is it is liberally laced with um with the f word so i'm going to try to um sanitize this a little bit but this is um again this is coming from the fact that we are in an extended bear market and uh it's going to be an extended bear market and it's gonna hurt there's no doubt about it. I'm looking at the price right now, and, and uh, Bitcoin is falling again, and it's about to pass five thousand. Let's see. Let's see if it actually passes five thousand. I'm on the hourly, by the way, and we have 27 minutes left in this hour. Yep, just past five thousand four four thousand nine hundred and ninety six dollars. Um. And it's going down lower. Yep. Somebody just unloaded a whole bunch of Bitcoin. This is this is all going to happen and you just be prepared for it. But you're going to end up with people like this. I'm out. F this crypto BS. I'm done. I'm not wasting any more time here. F crypto Twitter. F Bitcoin. F Matthew McConaughey. Call it capitulation. I don't know. Goodbye. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if Mr. Panini is just, uh, if he's really rage quitting or not, but it sounds like a rage quit. And this is exactly what started happening. Um, this is exactly what started happening at, um, at the God, after the Mount Gox days when Mount Gox got hacked and, uh, it just the the price went from like a thousand all the way back down to like I don't know two hundred or something like that. I wasn't there for those days. I, I I this is this is gonna be the first time that I've experienced this. So, you know what can we do? Um, well, try not to rage quit. I mean, if you need to take a break, take a break. Just just hold hold. I mean, if the price is driving you crazy, don't watch it. You know, um, if if you want to watch something else, watch lightning development or watch uh, what's going on with Schnorr signatures or watch abstracted, you know, was it 
abstract syntax Merkle trees or something like you know let, look at the development that's going on still because none of the people that are, are doing the development none of the people that are doing the development seem to care they keep doing development it's not like they looked up at the price and said and then rage quit out of their office and said I'm not working on lightning network anymore there's some exciting stuff that's still going on and it's been going on but everybody when whenever it is that we just do nothing but focus on price we're going to end up with you know with this crap so we've got you know we're going to start seeing some rage quitting it's and the fact that it uh went down below five it's now back above five thousand but i wouldn't expect it to stay there <clears throat> so I, I fully expect us to be down below uh five thousand and and rest there um you're going to get a whole bunch of people that are really rage quitting because the people that bought in at 10 are, are, are now they're, they're freaking out. They're just, they're freaking out. So don't freak out. Go, I don't know, go make some friends or something like that and uh, watch the development that's going on because the industry's not going to go away. No matter, no matter what Rubini or Noriel Rubini says, he's got some kind of idiotic, um, Oh, idiotic uh, uh, article out that says why countries and government digital currencies are going to crush Bitcoin. And it's we've heard it all before and it always comes up in these, you know, in these downturns. It was like, you know, I mean, even though I wasn't here for post Mount Gox, um, I've heard story after story after story that this is the exact same playbook. And I, I, when, you know, I, I've seen downturns and, and upturns um, leading up to the December 2017 uh, bull run. And it was sort of the same thing. On the downturn, you end up with all these people with these PhDs saying how governments are going to crush Bitcoin. And it, and it just it and they and I've heard like other people talk about their issue, you know, when they were in Bitcoin in 2012 and 2013 leading up to the Mt. Gox issue. Um, and that it's the same story. This is why I'm just not all that worried. And it, it's either going to tank to zero, which is, it never has, <laughs> ever, or, you know, it's going to just continue to go up and help people out. And, you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, just remain calm, literally. Do everything you can. Remain calm. Terrible joke corner. <laughs> this is a good one. Rip boiled water. You will be missed. God, it's awful. But it's so short. It's, I mean, it was like that. That is a really good bad joke because its impact time is damn near minimal, right? You got, I mean, you can count the number of syllables in that entire joke on two hands. Right, so it smacks you in the face, and it's so bad it slides off your face like you got hit with an egg, and it's like, uh. So anyway, that was your uh, terrible joke corner for the day. Okay, I am out. Um, try not to let the prize get to you. Um. Don't lose your friends over this. Don't get so pissed off that you do things like rage quit in front of everybody. It's going to be okay. It just sucks right now. 
lots of things suck right now. This is one of the things that sucks right now. It's okay. But what we'll never recover is friendships lost. I'm seeing uh, two very old friends taking some pretty ugly swipes at each other today and uh, by two people that I would have never suspected in a million years would be would be doing this and I I really just think it's the extended bear market Um, so don't lose your friends over it go make go out make new ones if if at all possible reach out to some people on crypto Twitter and just say hi I don't know just anything but you know uh, use this time to start networking uh, because the people that I started listening to when I got into this space started uh, most of their stuff up at the bottom of the bear market in 2015. Um, so if you want to start something, probably now's a good time. Now's probably the best time to actually start something up, uh, which is why I just want to continue to do what it is that I'm doing, even though I'm looking at a price that is, oh, I don't know, 5091 We're down 8% for the day. And it is only 10.43 a.m. <laughs> okay, uh, before I go, uh, or I am going to go, but I'm going to leave you with the audio from European, uh, from, from Godfrey Bloom um, talking at the European Parliament in Strasbourg on the 21st of May in 2013. And I will see you guys on the other side. Uh, well, uh, Commissioner, um, Mr. President, uh, I rise again, I'm afraid, to make the same old hoary speech that I've been making here for several years, and that is, it is my opinion that you do not really understand the concept of banking. All the banks are broke. Uh, Bank Santander, Deutsche Bank, Royal Bank of Scotland, they're all broke. And why are they broke? It isn't an act of God. It isn't some sort of tsunami. They're broke because we have a system called fractional reserve banking, which means that banks can lend money that they don't actually have. It's a criminal scandal, and it's been going on for too long. To add to that problem, you have moral hazard, a very significant moral hazard from the political sphere. And most of the problem starts in politics and central banks, which are part of the same political system. We have counterfeiting, sometimes called quantitative easing, but counterfeiting by any other name. The artificial printing of money, which if any ordinary person did, they'd go to prison for a very long time. And yet governments and central banks do it all the time. Central banks repress the amount of interest that rates are, so we don't have the real cost of money. And yet we blame the real retail banks for manipulating LIBOR. The sheer effrontery of this is quite astonishing. It's central banks. It's central banks that manipulate interest rates, Commissioner. And plus, underneath all this, we talk loosely, in a rather cavalier fashion, do we not, about deposit guarantees. So when banks go broke through their own incompetence and chicanery, the taxpayer picks up the tab. It's theft from the taxpayer. And until we start sending bankers, and I include central bankers and politicians, to prison for this outrage, it will continue. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. 
have a great day.